everyone, and welcome to episode 117 of the Gaming Duo Podcast. I'm your host for this week, Rob Garcia, and I'm joined by co-host, as always, Kelvin Rolon. We also are joined by another co-host. It is Nick from the Friday Night Gamecast. Nick, thank you so much for joining our podcast. I think this is the second time you're, you're here. Yeah, this is the second time. I'm really excited. Last time I got to do a little duo collaboration with uh, with Kelvin, but I'm I'm super excited to come back in today and jump in with both uh, Kelvin and Rob and and get my hands on some really really tasty Nintendo news here. So I'm I'm excited to be here. Thank you guys so much for having me back. That's right. You weren't Rob. You weren't here. I was in Puerto Rico. I was in Puerto Rico. You guess he was on the, so this on is the your beach first drinking time my ties, with the baby. both of us, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Awesome. Yeah, he's hanging out with the duo tonight, man. You know? Dope. Kelp, how, how are you doing? How are you doing? You doing okay? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing okay. Guys, we are the podcast that brings you a little bit of the news, and we also have profound discussions about gaming topics. Like this week, we're going to be talking about the Zelda final trailer, Tears mm-hmm. of the Kingdom. And we have Nick, if Let's you guys, go. he's wearing a Zelda shirt right I now. I am, I am, man. <laughs> For all of our video listeners, I got my, my Zelda shirt on. I'm ready to fight Ganon. Let's, let's fight ready, back against darkness together. Ready to, fight him. <laughs> ready, ready to go, ready to, blow, ready to brawl. I'm excited. Um, Nick, can you tell everyone, I'm going to do a little intro for you, but the Friday Night Gamecast is a weekly video game variety style podcast in tackling all aspects in, ga- in the gaming industry. News, reviews, rumors, and impressions. And it's ran by Nick. And he also has a limited series called what is the it? Fireside Talks. Fireside hey. Talks. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, thank you so much for the, the introduction, Rob. Yeah, we are the I, I am the co-host of the Friday Night Gamecast. Uh, both myself and my fellow co-host Will, um, we cover everything in the gaming industry. We like to focus on game reviews, impressions, news, rumors, everything that's going on in the industry. We like to have our finger on the pulse and be able to talk to everyone about like the latest, hottest games that are coming out. All Everyone's spiciest takes we like to have featured on our show. And so I think that there's a lot of affinity between the Game Duo Pod and the Friday Night Gamecast. We're like, we're, we're doing a lot of the same stuff and I love to see it i love collaborating with you guys and uh yeah so if anybody enjoys some of the some more personal like in-depth conversations about both podcasting and some deep dive reviews and some deep dive conversations on some of your favorite games we do have an interstitial series out right now called the fireside talks that we just previously mentioned and uh so yeah we just finished up uh with a collaboration with rick from pixel project radio we talked about xenosaga episode one which was awesome Love it. Yeah, it was awesome. I was blown away. What an incredible game. What an incredible title to jump in with Rick, who's just a a master of his craft there. Um, And we had a recent collaboration with him. That's a little bit of a secret right now. So we'll just wait for that to come out and see what's going to happen in the near future. But yeah, I'm really excited. So folks, go back through our our catalog on Spotify, pick out your favorite game, and I I guarantee you're going to love it. We also collaborated with Chazzy, a friend of the show uh, from the Side Project podcast. And we talked about Breath of the wild which is going to be relevant later here today but that's a great episode so strongly recommend nice dude nice nick i just noticed you have a half sleeve no i don't actually i, okay. I, I don't I, it, yeah. it, the, I, what I it look like <laughs> i look like your arms are like super i'm like does this guy have like dual like sleep like i was just like <laughs> whoa yeah, that's the tattoos all over <laughs> it literally that's what i was about to ask but Kevin, what were you saying i'm sorry i was just gonna ask nick um 
were you familiar with Xenosaga before having this episode or no? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I, I was familiar with Xenogears and the Xenoblade mm. Chronicle series. Um, I was not familiar with Xenosaga. I had seen um, Xion and um, some of the other like yeah, characters Cosmos. that you see. Cosmos. I've seen pictures of Cosmos in like promotional gaming stuff before, probably during the PS2 era. But yeah. I had never had like my hands on that game before and until I looked at it and this is a we we were talking a little bit in the pre-show about you know a, a certain little you know side project of emulating and and trying to get into some games that you don't normally have access to you can't you can't really play these games on a lot of newer consoles these days unless you can get yourself a PS2 and a physical copy but um but yeah I I was blown away by the soundtrack and kind of the really rich deep story the the narrative that they're trying to tell in Xeno Saga and uh you know composed by Yatsunori Mitsuda himself like I I'm I'm all in I need to get my hands on that game so yeah it's it's on the it's on it's risen up the backlog very very quickly I just Thank remember you. fond memories of that game Rob like we played you. We, we and it's funny because we played that game together like I, I remember being at your house playing Xeno Saga I don't know who picked it up if it was you or I you I think it was or, you me was it it was you um Dude, what a fucking game, man. I fucking Albedo. Fucking oh, Albedo. God, dude. That one scene, I know exactly, you know exactly what I'm talking about. That one scene had us in tears. Oh my god, I'm back. Like we're we're it, just it, dumb it, little it, kids. Dumb it's little kids like, just cracking yeah. up about the stupidest shit. We'll talk about it in the post show. But what <laughs> a phenomenal game. It's still such a great game. Yeah. And there's three of them. There's three yeah, of them. There's three, three of kind of like dwindled down for me. Or two. Yeah. Really? No, there's three. There's three. There's three. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. I think I know there's two. My I'm, understanding I'm... is that there is three, and the third one kind of ties up a lot of like storyline stuff that one and two set up. So that's that's what I understand. But yeah, yeah, three is when it went downhill for me. I remember, and I spoke to Rob about that the day that I was playing that game. I fell asleep, like playing that game. Really? It, it could have been just me. Could have been just me. So please, you know, Saga fans, don't hate me, but. Um, part three, I, 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 I tapped out. Yeah, yeah there, there is a part three. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of games that we're kind of playing right now, we're, I mean, we're talking about, but Kel, what games are you playing right now? Well, I am still currently playing, um, Resident Evil four, um, episode nine right now. So I'm, I'm, I'm more than halfway there and, um, I'm loving it, having a blast, you know? Um, and then I'm playing the uh, Bayonetta Origins game. I always forget the name. The Cereza and the Lost Demon. Cereza. I'm playing the demo. Cereza. I'm playing the demo. And let me tell you, that demo is long. That's long. Really Very long. long okay. Demo. Yeah. It's like I'm on chapter two right now. I think I'm almost on chapter three. And I don't know when it's stopping. So I'm like, hey, man, if <laughs> you guys want to let me play the, the game, game for free, let's freaking go. You know what I mean? Um, having a blast. I knew the minute I saw this game at the uh, Nintendo whatever showcase, whatever it was, mm -hmm. uh, I was like, yeah, I'm all in. And, and, and exactly what I thought, it was my type of game where it just felt very um, story-driven, very like kind of almost a kid's book. Like, like it's kind of like a kid's book yeah. in a sense, mm -hmm. like the way they have like the art style and stuff. I'm loving it, having a blast right now. So that's what I'm playing right now. I'm almost done Resident Evil 4. Can't wait to finally finish that and then move on to some other games. What about you, Nick? What are you, what are you playing? Absolutely. So I am currently just like Kelvin. I am the middle of my Resident Evil 4 remake run. Oh, I no. am having a blast. It is terrifying. It's frustrating at a lot of times, but mm -hmm. it's 
still a really, really fun experience. And I think that Capcom successfully like hit the nail on the head in terms of capturing the spirit of what Resident Evil 4, like the original game kind of was getting across and what they were trying to do with that. Um, Everything that all of the diehard Resident Evil fans love is still there. Leon's still corny. Um, Ashley's way better this time around. She's way less um, down. Yeah, yeah. excruciating into the, the earbuds. So yeah, I I, th- I do think the addition to Ashley's really good. I'm getting to a point in the game right now where it's like you have to start moving through several enemies with her and I'm starting to notice some issues with the way that her AI is attached to Leon. I think that's, it, I, I think that is intended to a certain degree, but it's not necessarily something that I enjoy but mm-hmm. again I'm still having a really really good time um just like I'm I, I got halfway I'm like into the halfway through the castle period right now so I'm getting right, ready to go you. yeah yeah so I feel like we're on on pace uh for trying to get through this as soon as we can but uh, I'm really excited I'm, I'm doing that and then I'm also bouncing uh back and forth between that and Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart oh, this is, nice yeah this you, is man. my first time playthrough I platinumed you. Ratchet and Clank 2016 which was just an incredible experience an incredible experience I, I i loved it from top to bottom it was a little bit grindy trying to get the platinum mm-hmm. but that's something that i chose to do i didn't have to do that um and this one the platinum is actually going much easier it's much less grindy i did a, most of the collectibles and now i just have to complete it and then start a new game plus and then i'll be good to go i'll cross that off the list but man what an incredible experience i love the addition of rivet um and kit yes who are yes. the two primary characters yes. and they're just so well voice acted and so well animated. It's like waking up and watching your favorite Saturday morning cartoon show, but you're playing this game and it's, it's funny. It's emotionally poignant. Like the moments, there were moments that hit me and rift apart that I didn't expect to hit me in the way that it did. So I was mm-hmm. like, this is an incredible insomniac, just knocking it out of the park again. Uh, I can't wait for Spider-Man two coming out later this year, but uh, yeah, that's also going to be during the final fantasy 16 section. Oh, so man. yeah, those are the two things that I have been focusing on right now. I didn't know you were a, a trophy hunter. Are you like a, a really full blown trophy hunter or no? I'm not, I'm not really a trophy hunter to that degree. I like, trophy hunting in games that hook me so your horizon zero dawns um you know ratchet and clank of course that's really big for me i really love the trophies in the god of war games so Mm. i specifically sought out the platinums in those games uh mainly play play, like playstation titles i've only ever gotten the thousand in like a handful of xbox games Mm. uh but yeah it's really the the sony system worth for the different trophy tiers that really is just it works for me um and so i like doing that for you know hand hand-picked games in my book yeah, trophy is a little better than achievements because achievements, you're just kind of chasing a number, whereas you're actually getting like a little. I was saying, you know what I was talking to Kelvin about, about the whole PlayStation system? They should like, the developer should send you, like if you platinum the game, they you should get like a little voucher that allows you to like get like a pin or something from like God of War. Like if you platinum God of War, Santa Monica is going to send you a little pin that says like, I, you know, a little cool. Like I got, I think that would be pretty cool if they did that, like to get like a physical thing or like 
even if it's not physical, a digital thing that says like a wallpaper. Well, like, I think that's absolutely. what the the reward system is, right? Isn't that they have like this uh, PlayStation oh, they, Stars? Or PlayStation that Stars. Doing? That's exactly what I was gonna kind of reference. Is that they're trying to do that? I think mm-hmm. by like re- rewarding incentivization through like gameplay and getting getting you points to if they can see you're active in their ecosystem for like SIE exclusive games, then they're gonna give you you know Shuhei Yoshida. That's a bobblehead in like the little right. star store. I personally think that it's much more valuable to have physical objects though. Like for right. example, like if you like it would be crazy if a developer was like hey you know nintendo for well it doesn't really work for nintendo but say like you know when it comes out final fantasy 16 you know square has a special deal with playstation where like if you platinum the game in the first two or three weeks we'll send you the sword of the protagonist clive that how sick would that be right (laughs) (laughs) i don't know how how there's an actual sword from (laughs) replica yeah yes yeah i think that's like the next level of like the achievements or the the trophy system is to to give the incentive to actually do them and then you're going to see the people actually try to do these things so it's it's absolutely wild but that's awesome. I'm happy that you're you're really enjoying uh, Ratchet and Clank. Myself, you guys got to get in my level. All right, oh, God, here we go. Oh, okay. I already beat Resident Evil 4 remake. All right, I beat it oh, right. this past Sunday. And, Did you get uh, the pro run done though? Where's your what's what's with the yeah, the professional yeah. run? Huh? Your pro run, bro. <laughs> details, details, details. All right. <laughs> uh, beat the game, and you guys are in for a treat. Obviously, you're playing through it. Um, fantastic. Like just. The Capcom knows how to just do a remake. They, they, they. I would say they have almost perfected how to do. So much so that Rob was shitting on Dead Space. I was shitting on. I was. I enjoyed RE4 remake. Talk to him, Nick. Talk to him, Nick. Way more than Dead Space remake. If I'm being honest, I'll be honest. Let me take these earbuds out. I just said my. Just I just heard somebody blaspheme. What is going on here? You're telling me, Rob, that you don't want to become one. You don't want to become make us whole again. With the marker, right. let's yeah, get, no, let's I'm, get I'm real. good with that. I'm good with that, <laughs> so man. I'll, with I'll that. go to Spain and I'll go kill some of the Ganados and stuff like that. Like, I'm not trying to do that whole marker shabam, but um, yeah. So I beat Resident Evil Remake, and there's another game that I'm currently playing. I'm trying not to pick up any new games before mm-hmm. Bref, our uh, Tears of the Kingdom comes out. I want you guys to Luck. guess. Oh, I don't know this. Okay, game I picked up and I'm playing. I'm gonna show you guys in a sec. What do All you right. think the game is? I'll give well, you. You gotta go. With, yeah, give us that. Give us that. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you two guesses. All right, and the hint is a boat. Oh, you're playing Dredge, aren't Wind you? Waker, bro. What? What did you say, uh, Nick? Are you playing Dredge? Nope, Kelvin. What'd you say? You're playing Wind Waker. That that is the game I'm playing right now. I am playing. Oh, he knows Rob so Wind much better Waker. than me. I'm playing Wind Waker on my Steam Deck. I was going to show you guys on my Steam Deck. Just talking about the Steam Deck, and you're like, yeah. "Oh, I love playing nostalgic games." <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So I am playing. I'm trying to get through Wind Waker. I'm going to try and get through Twilight Princess before Tears of the Kingdom comes out. See, we Trump. talked about this, man. We were like, "Okay, this game, Tears of the Kingdom, is coming out soon. Take a break. You just beat Resident Evil Four. You were just on a high, right? Take mm-hmm. a break, relax, and then get on to Tears of the Kingdom when it comes out. And you're like, no, I'm going to play every single Zelda game until, until Zelda comes out. Like, come so, Reb, did, uh, Rob, did you, did you absolutely body Breath of the Wild? Have you like 100%ed Breath of the Wild? Or are you did you kill Ganon and like you basically your time there is done? You, you have no incentivization to go back and replay it? Um, so I, I definitely spent a lot of time in it. Uh, I got all the DLCs. I got, you know, the 
a master sword and that kind of stuff. Um, the only thing I didn't do in that game was the seats. Okay, the nine hundred. I mean, no, like yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I hate honestly. I hate that in games. They did in Pokemon yeah. too with the stupid uh, yeah. gimme gold coins. And I'm like, yeah. I don't want to collect a million of something. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing that. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care if like the reward is like. Actually, no. If the reward was like you get to play as like fierce deity link or some deity link, I, then I'd be like, okay, maybe I'll do it. But the, the juice wasn't worth, worth the squeeze for me there. Um, for sure, for sure, that's fair. It really depends. Um, but yes, I, I've played all the Zelda games before. I, I just want to kind of like just just really get like in it, you know, like really get myself Zelda out and then finally play it. But that's why. Why not just go play but, uh, Breath of the Wild again then? Like like restart it or something, or just it like just, fuck around with the world. It's gonna. It's just. I. I just want to go into it fresh. I want to go into a, a fresh Breath of the Wild world. Okay. You know. Okay. That's fair, hey, man. Do you, man? Do you? I do me. Do me. But guys, um, enough about what we're playing. Let's jump into the news really quick here. So, uh, we have Dead Island Two reviews are good. It's a good game. Solid. People. People are saying good things. Um, one. From, is this from Metacritic? Person said Dead Island Two is everything a Dead Island fan could ask for. Between its addicting combat mechanics, excellent character and gear progression systems, hilariously satirical writing, and gortastic, gortastic presentation, well, this long-awaited sequel has proven it was worth the wait. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not a big Dead Island guy, but I can appreciate what they're saying. It seems like the point is, you're on an island, you're going to kill zombies, and that's it. We did see impacts, and from what we saw, it looked gory it looked shit, but it was really cool. It looked really good, right? That's awesome. I mean, that's really exciting to me. I never played the original Dead Island games. And I know I knew about the concept of them. And then I heard like the terrible reviews kind of I, I, not terrible, but I heard a lot of bad reviews came out when those Warm. initial games launched. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it had, a, it had an amazing trailer. And then I guess people got hyped and overhyped for it. And then it just like it didn't meet that. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to get in there and, you know, go to hell a as they like to call it and, you know, get some experience slashing zombies and seeing what that I, I feel like this game is going to thrive best in when you're in a party, you're in a you're in a group chat and you just run around with your friends and just slaying zombies together. I, I I'm not going to be looking for a narrative or any kind of any anything from the main story that's going to be very impactful. But I think it looks beautiful. And if you enjoy first person zombie slaying, this is going to be the game for you. Absolutely. Um, next piece of news we have is Harry Potter Quidditch Champions for PC has been announced. So there's a reason why Quidditch was missing from Hogwarts Legacy. And we think this is why. Warner Brothers Games has announced Harry Potter Quidditch Champions for PC and it's unconfirmed on console platforms. And this is an official post from Warner Brothers Games calling all beaters. <laughs> <laughs> Calling all beaters, chasers, keepers, and seekers. Harry Potter Quidditch Champions limited playtest signups are live now. Sign up now. So um, you'll basically be able to create your own Quidditch character and fly around and face against uh, other Quidditch players. And that's... Is that's, there a trailer for this or nothing yet? Um... I'm not 100% sure. There's oh, there is. There's, there's like a, little... a weird like it's not really a trailer. It's like a it just it's it's like a little like snapshot of like the game. It's yeah, not really. Yeah, so it's yeah, like yeah. join the playtest here come play. I'm I'm looking at that and it it the art style doesn't look like Hogwarts. So no. it's not tied into the Hogwarts universe it looks like Hogwarts Legacy, right? 
No. It's like its own separate like game, completely different than what Hogwarts is, is doing, right? I think so, only because, too, they're calling it like Harry Potter Quidditch mm. Champions, where Hogwarts Legacy wasn't True. Harry Potter yeah. Hogwarts Legacy, you know? Gotcha, have gotcha. you played Hogwarts Legacy, Nick? I have not. I haven't gotten the chance to uh, to jump in there. I probably will wait for it to come to services uh, personally, but I I love everything that I've seen of it so far. I mean, the world that the Avalanche cre- you know created there it just looks gorgeous. The gameplay looks fun. Like the actual combat loop systems are you know they look impactful. So yeah, I think that that yeah it was it was a bummer to hear that Quidditch wasn't included, but uh, it's yeah it sounds like that they're definitely trying to break it out and make it its own thing. Um, which makes sense from like a from a fiscal perspective. You want something that can be like renewed year over year, and they might mm-hmm. start creating their own type of I don't know IP within the world of Quidditch. So that'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, like I said, it's one of those things where I kind of also like see it. But Quidditch, the game itself, in theory, sounds pretty cool. Where like you're zooming around your broomstick and you're trying to like get these balls inside these hoops. And then all of a sudden you just like see the golden snitch like zooming around. You're just like, I'm going to try and and I could see some really hype moments happening um, in that game. So if it's executed um, correct, if it's executed correctly. Right, right, right. right. So um, if you really want to go on a broom and fly away and catch a little ball. There you go, guys. (laughs) So another piece of news here is PS5 Slim spotted on Australian website, retail website. So the SKU popped up on an Australian website and it is not a rumor. It was confirmed. It was a thing that they showed it. There wasn't an image though. There was no image. It was just a picture of it. There's no picture, right? There's no picture. It just says they put it out like PS5 Slim. This is like you can't get it, but I don't know. What do you, how do you guys feel about this? I, I know we're, I, we're kind of like going through this, these news, but I kind of want to touch a little bit on this. Like, too early to tell. Is this like, was it actually they got, they know a skew is coming and they put it out by accident? Yeah. I mean, this is rumored from the good guys. Um, I guess it's like a retail, electronic retail site. And um, in the description, they wrote, new look, slimmer PS5. No, like you said, no photos, no features, anything like that. So, I think it's inevitable to where we will see something like this, right? Like there is going to be some type of new iteration for PS5. So whether it's a slim console or like the, a, a new PS5 Pro, more beefier, maybe it's a it's a combination of both, right? It could be a slimmer Pro, right? It, it's it's bound to happen. Like I'm definitely, but like we talked about this in the past, right? It's going to be something that is going to probably be more tailored to. The pro side of things where it might be i mean who know i can't I, honestly it should be a little bit less expensive than what it originally is now but with a little bit more kind of better specs i guess um but we'll see i i don't know what they're going to plan on doing next um but i definitely think this is true this is not like a no it's not fake i guess is what I'm yeah trying to say. i agree i think this is definitely a real posting and i think that it was probably a super big flub on the part of whoever's running this website to have this up here at this point i'm sure this is not the way that sony wanted us you know to the world to find out or be confirmed and i know that somebody had previously said that a new iteration of the ps5 like a mid cycle you know update for the playstation Mm -hmm. 5 was in the works so i think we knew this was all coming um 
but it's interesting to see here that they have stuff like you know rumors or people who are theorizing that there will be a detachable disk drive yeah. for this which i'm just like i'm just scratching my head and go back to your point kelvin something that i am concerned about but also like very much it would be very much in line with their marketing strategy and everything that they're doing right now with the ps5 is that we're not going to get a discount on this mid-cycle update i would expect there to be a better chip or there to be some type of new cooling system i i don't know what they're going to do specifically but they need to change the hardware somehow for the ps5 Mm -hmm. i don't have a problem with my base ps5 honestly i really i i don't i'm not in the weeds enough technically to see you know any real issues with the current you know model that they have on the markets today but they can't put the slim on the market without it there being some type of performance upgrade in my opinion and still keep it because i i highly doubt they're going to sell it for less than five hundred dollars and if they and it, and it most likely will be a little bit higher, knowing with how they've handled the PSVR two. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious to see what will happen. The only reason why I say it could potentially be less expensive than what we have now is because if it's if they're going the slimmer route, removing I mean, the future, you're, like, you're removing a lot of you know a lot of the bulk of what the PS5 base is right now. So you're 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 yeah. not wasting as much resources. You're you're kind of cutting costs and cutting corners in some aspects, right? So that's how i'm thinking about it but again if they're slimming down the console but then they're beefing up some other aspects then i can see it still being more expensive than the base console this reminds me of when the xbox series uh xbox 360 slim came out Mm, i remember back way then it was like well how do you how do you sell that right how do you sell how do you get people to be like well they obviously it was a little more expensive than the original Mm -hmm. xbox was but they also gave you a ton more memory internal memory at that point it wasn't like the, the hard drive that you had to pop off and like put it yeah. you know what i mean um they had a ton of memory in there and there was it was a lot slimmer and it didn't have the uh red ring of death like it, it just there was no there was none of that i forget how they marketed it but i think we're gonna see it very similar <laughs> to the way that was done the 360 mm-hmm. to the 360 slim um because i remember i specifically bought one um, I am just really, really hoping that they're not going to start talking about performance tiers like they're not trying to skew the performance tiers. Mm-hmm. I really genuinely think that a lot of the issues and I don't know if we're going to talk about this later on the show today or if anybody had anything they wanted to mention about it. But I suspect a lot of the reasons that we're looking at Redfall at 30 frames per second is because of the way that the Series S is set up. And I mean, they say is supposed to be just as powerful i think we all as gamers know it's not um as the series x i think that if if they if arcane didn't have to deal with the s then we wouldn't be facing these issues they wouldn't be dealing with you know the pr fallout that they are now um so i really genuinely hope that playstation is just going to be like yeah it's all the same system everything that you love just smaller Mm -hmm. yeah i mean look at final fantasy 16 i think final fantasy 16 is a great example coming out they said it's coming for PS5. That's it for now. We're not we're not messing with the PS4. We're not messing with Xbox. It's just Sony. Yeah. And look, there is no hiccups whatsoever. It right. is going to be running beautifully. There's no delays. They're not saying like, oh, it's going to be it's going to be missing this. And, and I, you hit the nail on the head with that. Where because they have to deal with so many different SKUs and and different consoles, that this type of thing happens. So. I I, I think that Sony's going to be careful about tiptoeing when it comes to releasing a new model or new skew anything else Kelf, about the playstation 5 slim we'll see what happens i'm sure we'll get some announcement this year 
Okay. Dead serious question, Kelvin. Okay. Dead serious because I know you. They announced a PlayStation Slim. Looks good. It's smaller. It has more memory um, and it has better cooling. Those are the three yeah. new features. Smaller, smaller footprint, better cooling, better memory. Okay. You buying it? No. I'm with I'm 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 with Nick right now where I don't see any issues right now with my base PS5. No, like usually in this cycle, like in a console cycle like this, we would probably start seeing the issues that we would be dealing with with some of the consoles, right? PS4, like, oh yeah, it's great, but the UI is kind of like weird. It's a little slower for my taste. Like PS3 especially, right? The UI was really slow. Um, you would start picking out some of the issues that you would you would kind of like start noticing. Um, I haven't had any real issues with my PS5 besides what we just talked about recently regarding the headset issue, right? But that's a different, oh, that's a different goodness. conversation. Have you um, had an issue with the 3D Pulse headset? No, Wait. it's more so with the Steel Series headsets that we have on. Uh, and again, okay. we don't know if it's a Steel Series or if it's just the PS5, the way it, it, it kind of uses the voice suppression. chat and voice suppression and stuff like that. Yeah. So it, it just like when I'm talking to Rob, on in like in-game chat it just sounds so prominent everything you, he can hear like me tapping the buttons you know what i mean and yeah. i don't know if that's an issue that everyone else is dealing with if it's just our steel series or if it's just something else within the ps5 you know you mentioned you have the the 3d uh the pulse headset you have that headset for your ps5 yeah yeah, they're sitting right back there. I don't actually use them a lot because my PS5 is hooked up to my... It's, it's mainly when I stream, I stream off my PS5, or at least I have been recently. And so I'm using my, like, you know, my... my Basically, my desktop headset when I'm yes. doing that. So I don't really have the option for that, like, 3D Pulse audio. Okay. I was wondering your opinions on it because I have it. This is it, right? You, this is the one that's back there. <laughs> yeah, right yeah, yeah. I hate, it. I hate this hate thing. It. I hate it. Really? He, like, I, if, you were to, if you were to ask him to burn it right now, he would do it. See, the thing is, is that I, I think Sony came out and one of the reasons why I got them is they came out and they tried to market it as like this is going to be the as good as some of the best headsets on the market. And the, the simple fact of the matter is just it's not true. And I'm working with, you know, Audio Technicas. They're light years beyond what you will find at most of like, you know, with most of like the branded Xbox or Sony headsets. Um, I have I'm, I mean, I haven't really had terrible experiences with those, but. I don't notice a difference between when I'm using those or if I'm using the Audio Technicas. Personally, I think the Audio Technica, the Audio Technicas are better. I will say, however, that I got the Xbox branded headset okay. in order to use that because I was trying to play Rock Band with uh -huh. uh, Philip and Nave of uh, the Gaming Together podcast, and I have had tons of problems with that. It mm. has like Bluetooth latency and like there is like it desyncs randomly and so i'll have like periods where i'm playing i'm playing i'm playing and then the audio just completely cuts out whether that's like the mic audio or like the actual game audio and so i'm i'm not as happy with that as i am the the 3d pulse headset interesting okay I, it makes me i guess i hate it a little less because you're having good <laughs> good results with it but yeah yeah uh moving on uh knuckle spinoff show cast game of thrones rory mccann and more characters. So we are getting a Knuckle spinoff. This is due to uh, release sometime um, in between the events of Sonic 2 and Sonic the Hedgehog 3, which Sonic the Hedgehog 3 is going to be hitting theaters December 20, 2024. So uh, Iridus Elba will also be reprising his role as Knuckles in the show. I think this is just... 
super smart that they're doing it. Like brilliant, man. Just just like they saw the success of Sonic 2 and how people accept how people I, the way I know it did well is when I see kids with this stuff. When I see kids with Sonic Knuckles toy, I'm like, they got them. They got them hooked. That that's it. Like this is gonna be the next thing that people are gonna remember when they grow up is like, oh, I remember the Knuckles show it was so good. So I don't know what you guys think of that, but I think it's freaking sick. Yeah, I th- I think it's really cool. Go ahead, Gil. Sorry. No, I was just gonna say, what do you think, Nick? Yeah, no, I I love the first two Sonic movies. Let me tell you, I've enjoyed those more than. I mean, I really enjoyed Sonic Adventures Battle Two, but I these movies have just been great. And honestly. You know, what more can you ask from from Jim Carrey? You know, the greatest, you know, one of the best of all time in terms of like his, you know, comedic chops. He brought like another level of performance to these movies that he didn't have to. But they were really, really good. And it was just it was a good time. Both of them are very fun and just effervescent movies. I think it's hilarious that they're bringing in uh, the it's not the mountain, but it's the mountain's brother, the hound from yes. Game of Thrones yep. to play who I can only assume is another echidna in the Knuckles spinoff show. So that's that's really exciting. I don't know if they have his like role lined up or anything like that, but I, I think it's going to be a good time. I don't think they say exactly who is who is he playing as. Um but yeah, that's going to be really interesting because, I mean, like I said, you see just the casting has been they've been doing such a good job with these video game castings. I mean, you look at the Mario yeah. movie, right? And oh, we yeah. know all day about that. But they, they just, you know, and, and what, I, what I love about Jim Carrey's um, Eggman is that usually when a villain shows up in a movie, you're like, you really are like, oh, my God, there's going to be annoying and they're stupid. And him, you're just like glued to the screen. You're like, what is he going to say? Next? You know what I mean? So, just, <laughs> yeah. yeah, fantastic. Um, I, I'm very excited for what's to come for video game adaptations because it seems like everyone's just hitting out of the park now. You know what I mean? Um, Nick, I'm, I'm curious to, to hear, have you watched the Netflix series Sonic Prime? I haven't actually. I've, I've been oh, meaning man. to go and, and watch it. Is that something that needs to do? I, is, that, is that a must view for you, Kelvin? I personally think you should watch that. It is a okay. phenomenal show. And this is me. I'm, I mean, I've watched a few of the other Netflix series that they have, and they're okay. This one, like, when I tell you my son watched this show from start to finish, maybe like 30 times at this point. <laughs> I kid That's you intense. not. And Rob knows this because he <laughs> is a major Sonic fan now because of this show. He yeah. loves. He loved it. Loved it. Loved it. And I, I was glued to it. Honestly, the the presentation and the amount of, uh, you can tell the budget for this was way better than any other of the any other Netflix series that they've had for for Sonic. It okay. is. It is worth your time. One hundred percent. I, I think go. you should definitely watch it. It's, it's obviously definitely will. dedicated more so to to kids, right? So it, it it has that kid feel, but still a really good show. Uh, that'll be perfect for me as like a downtime in between you know I, I come across you know come off resident evil 4 remake and i'm stressed out so i can just you know kind of detox at the end of my yeah, night with uh, some sonic prime sounds good uh speaking of netflix guys this is just me just i watched the new power ranger special Ooh, um, how's that once and always and it is i heard very mixed things from people people are like oh it sucks it's it's whatever but as a per as a kid in the 90s and grew up on Power Rangers. I think they did a good job. I think it's it's it, you should watch it. And that's what I thought. 
Is that where the original cast returned to yes. go into movie? Oh man, I have to watch that because I grew up on I grew up on Power Rangers as well. I tortured my parents with both Barney and Power Rangers. <laughs> I think Power Rangers was a little bit more tolerable for them, but uh, yeah, no, I and I loved the movie that they did with Ivan Ooze, man. Oh, that that, dude, that, oh movie. Shit, that is like iconic from the nineties. So if they brought all of those those actors back to to you know, reprise their roles or as many as they can um, you know, then I think that I'll, I'll probably be locked in for that one too. <laughs> you guys keep keep talking. I'm gonna show you guys something real quick. Hold on. So, so keep talking about Power Rangers. I'm gonna show you something. Okay. Real quick. Did you watch that as a kid, Kelvin? I fucking love that show. Oh, that movie, man. Like okay. uh, Power Rangers. Was it Power Rangers first movie or whatever it's called? Power Rangers. Yeah, I think it's just Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Mighty Morphin Power, Power like Rangers. Self titled. Dude, I like I, I remember like. I don't know if frame, you see this, but I have the original. Oh man, it's the Megazord, the Ninja Megazord. Oh, that's from the movie. That's oh from the man, movie right there. Wow, dude, did you just get that? No, I've had it. I have the, I have it back there, and you could see. Oh, that, it. that's the one. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to move him right now because he's just gonna, it's just gonna be a whole thing. But uh, <laughs> I also have the Falcon Zord from the movie as well. Oh shit, that's amazing. Major, that is really cool. That yeah, is so cool. Those are some collectible. Is that like right a there. kit, or is it just like a statue? You know, I'm just gonna show you guys. Hold on. Oh, he, <laughs> show us. He's just trying to like find any show excuse. off. Any excuse to just show off. You know what Bring I mean? Bring it in, Rob. Bring it in. I, we're 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 trying to find out. Yeah, now, right? Kelvin, what sword is that that he has on his on his door to the office? Do you? That is a Devil May Cry sword. Oh, it is. Okay, yeah. it must be Dante's. I can only assume yeah. that's Dante's sword back there too. Uh, I can't tell you the name of it. Is it the Oblivion or something? I don't know. Uh, you're close. Rebe- uh, rebellion. 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 Okay, nice. Yeah. So this is the Megazord from the movie. You can see it right there. That's awesome. Do the do the Are missiles those- fire out of the wings like in the movie uh, too? It doesn't. It doesn't fire. He so his wing. How do I take him off? There he goes. I take him off. Okay. So you can like take him and like do that. And like pose him to where like he does like the missiles away. Yeah, that's so cool. Stuff like that. Yeah, that's so, awesome. Yeah. He plays with this. Yeah, I play. I play with that's that free time. <laughs> um, that's but yeah, cool. watch watch the 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 special. It, it's really well done. Is it okay. just one sh- like a movie like a show like one set piece like w- just one episode? Yeah, yeah. It's it's like an hour and change long episode. Okay, essentially. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Nice, so nice, you don't nice. have to worry about anything. Um, but yeah, it was awesome. Um. Ooh. Last piece of news, we had an Indie World Showcase happen today uh, from Nintendo, basically showcasing a ton of indie games like they usually do. Not going to go into too much detail. I don't know if you guys watched it, um, if there's anything I really want you want me to cover, um, but it is up on YouTube, and there is a ton of indie games uh, coming out on the Switch. I did not watch it. Okay. Um but based off of what I saw, I did watch the trailers, like not all of them, but the ones that kind of I found interesting. Um, overall, again, kill, killed it with the with the indie titles. I think there there's a lot of good ones here. Um, there's a lot. There's a, there's something for everyone in 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 the in these showcases, right? Like I like that they they have like these are sort of like hardcore indie titles, and they have like these like little cute kind of like cuddling ones, like you know, like like this one right here. What is it called? The quilts and cats. Of Calico, <laughs> yeah, like little things like that. This one, um, riff of game. the Necro Dancer. I'm not really like a kind of like a rhythm game type of guy, but this looks really cool. Again, the art style is what grabs me, and this looks really cool. And then there was another one that I thought was really cool. Um, 
Blast. I think the biggest one is probably Cult of the Lamb DLC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's uh, pretty Blasphemous big. Two is one that I saw. It, it kind of reminded me of like a 2D side-scrolling Elden Ring game, which was pretty cool. Yep. So, Nick, did you did you watch it at all? Or no? I didn't get the chance to catch this um, just you know throughout the workday, but I have heard of some of these games: uh, Blasphemous Two, Oxenfree Two. I know that you know the Oxenfree specifically has mm-hmm. a pretty heavy cult following over there, so mm-hmm. that's that's exciting. I know that people are always going to be um, down for more Shovel Knight content as well as Cult of the Lamb. Me personally, I did start my Cult of the Lamb run. Mm-hmm. I got distracted by something, and that's definitely like a stream game that I'm meaning to. Right to get back into so i can finish it with uh, with chat um but yeah again kind of going back to exactly what you were saying kelvin i think that's a a great take here is that i i don't think we were expecting anything big this is not the showcase where we were going to see hollow knight silk song as some people may have imagined um it's i I think that's just too big to be listed in just kind of a, a indie showcase specifically i think that would be more of a either a mainline direct or we'll see it somewhere else uh maybe that will be like a you know summer games fest type presentation that we'll get uh but yeah no this is a this is definitely a good little list that i think people should you know check out and pay attention to yeah quilt uh, quilts and cats of calico i you know that you almost got me sold there uh Mm -hmm. i might i might have to buy that on steam instead so we'll we'll see what happens (laughs) there's another five nights of freddy game coming out i don't don't know how many of those games are out but i know there's a ton of them Uh, how much money is that developer company make did people i I feel like there's a huge fan base for five nights at freddy there is like I don't get have it. seen it played and I don't get it. I really don't, but I guess some some people really enjoy it. It's a scary game that involves animatronics. I know that's all I know, and they like can pop out yeah. anytime. So like maybe yeah. it's if you like torturing yourself, maybe that's the game for you. That's what it seems like. I don't know. But yeah, a lot of that stuff. Um, one note I do want to say about the indie showcase, and I like that Nintendo separates indies from triple A's. I love that they do that. Because when you're watching like a big a Nintendo Direct, you want to focus on the big, big announcement, like the, the Zeldas, the Metroids. You want like that. Yeah. And then when they show sure. these, you're like kind of like, uh, like get to the, come on, let's get to the good stuff. Let's get to the big stuff, right? I appreciate the indies. I love indie games, but I like that they have like their own showcase almost, you know, yeah. which is kind of takes away from, you know, I, I don't, I don't want these games to be taken. Take, I don't want it to be taken away from them, right? Like you, you're not really caring about these games when you're watching like a big presentation because you're just waiting for that other stuff. So this well, I think is a, it's a good good way to separate them because it, yeah. if you put them in a showcase, like an Indie Direct, for example, or I'm sorry, a Nintendo Direct, for example, it kind of overshadows a lot of the, the smaller yeah, exactly. Indie titles, right? And so yep. this is a perfect way for them to just kind of have a, a, sh- a showcase, right, obviously, for them to, to just really kind of have the spotlight. And guys, that is the news for the week. We are going to jump into in-game chat where we're going to talk about the Tears of the Kingdom last trailer. We're going to dissect it. We're going to talk about it. We're going to speculate. It's going to be a good time with my boys here. So let's jump in.
Welcome back, everyone. And we're in our in-game chat segment where we're going to be talking about the final Tears of the Kingdom trailer with our friend Nick. We're going to break down this trailer. We're going to speculate. We're going to have a good time. Guys, are you ready to talk some Zelda right now? I'm so ready. I'm so ready, Rob. Let's let's get let's into go. it. I'm All right. Ready. So let's let's talk about what we know so far about the story of Tears of the Kingdom. We know it's a continuation of Breath of the Wild. And the last game to do this was, I wouldn't say Ocarina of Time, where we went to Majora's Mask. It was a direct sequel to the game. Now we have Tears of the Kingdom, which is a direct sequel. So let's let's break it down. And what do we know? We know that Hyrule is mostly the same, but there's a sky element to it now. What do we think of that? What do we think of the sky element? How how is what is going on with the sky? Kelvin, do you want to go first or should I should I jump in there? After you, Nick, after you. Okay, absolutely. Uh, so the Sky Islands are a really interesting thing that we've seen in a couple of the trailers for Tears of the Kingdom in Zelda. Uh, I, I think that this is just going to be an iteration. This is going to be one of the primary differences that we'll see between Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. And as we've seen in the gameplay trailers, they're much more extensive than we were initially led to believe. Um, I think a lot of people at first glance thought, oh, we're just going to like run up there really quick and then you know go back down to the original mm-hmm. you know Hyrule Valley and like run around that area just like we did in the Breath of the Wild, but that is not the case here. We're going to be both going up and if you paid attention to the trailer, we're going to be going down. There are several holes that you see in the surface of Hyrule that are surrounded by malice. And Ah. yeah, so I think that it's really interesting. I've had a lot of theories that are bouncing around in my head right now, but the predominant prevailing like theory that a lot of like the Zelda, um, folks out there are talking about is that the Sky Islands might have been there in Breath of the Wild, but they were just obscured by the sky box or the cloud box that we would see in the original game. And we're going through this thing that was confirmed by the Zelda website called the Upheaval, um, which is interesting. As we've seen in the trailer, Hyrule Castle is like lifting into the sky. You are kind of understanding that like the magnetic, you you would just assume that the magnetic field of Hyrule is completely out of whack and out of balance right now. And I think the, all of those things put together are connected. So, you know, you're going to probably having floating islands that are coming down or have already risen into the sky. Um, I got a lot of thoughts on whether or not they were there before or if they were created as a sort of temporal anomaly because of what happened at the end of the events of Breath of the Wild. I think that they're going to be playing with time and they're also going to be playing with like universe bending aspects in this game. And that's all, you know, contributing to the fact that the entire world that Hyrule is sitting on is destabilized right now. Let me ask you a question, Nick. Do you think this has anything to do with Skyward Sword? Because in Skyward Sword, the Skyloft, there were literally islands in the sky and the world underneath them was kind of unknown and it was dangerous, like you couldn't go. So basically the the goddess Hyla put the land up in the sky to kind of protect the people of the land. Do you think this has any connection to Skyward Sword in that sense, these, these sky islands? I think you could definitely draw a parallel. I think it would be really interesting and, uh, uh, you know, a very, you know, complicated narrative move if they were going to take that world of Skyward Sword and kind of blend it together with what they're trying to accomplish here with the iteration of Hyrule that we've come to know in Breath of the Wild. Uh, However, I think that it would be interesting that, you know, the entire interaction of 
Ganondorf coming back into power as we as was revealed in the third trailer here and how, yeah, how he's kind of coming back with his full might um, has caused the different universes or the different lands that are in Hyrule right now or everything that's connected to Hyrule to, you know, start to break apart or you know, deteriorate. And that might be some of the issues that we're seeing here. I also think that the Zonai play a big role in the islands. And I don't know if you can connect the Zonai to, um, you know, to, to the, the events and the environment that you experienced in, in Skyward Sword. You brought up Gandorf, our boy, the Gandorf. Mm. Kelvin. Kelvin, our Gandorf is back buffer than ever. He started out as a mummy in the first trailer. And by the third trailer, he is this beautiful buff swole man. Beautiful buff swole man. He went on a creatine cycle for sure. (laughs) Boy's thick. The boy's thick. Boy's thick. So, guys, let's talk about that. We start the trailer one where we see him in a mummified state. And he has like this, this, this hands, like kind of holding him down. He has mouths surrounding him and he awakens. And then by the time we get to the third trailer, he is this buff man. All right. So let's speculate on that. What do you think is happening here as far as Gandorf goes? Um, before I start, full disclosure, I'm not into the lore of Zelda like you guys are. So I, I'm kind of really relying on your feedback and, and your um, discussion pieces to kind of piggyback on what I want to say. Because um, you guys have like the knowledge base for this. But... As far as what I'm looking at now with Gandorf, it, it looks like he's being he's awakened from some slumber, right? Because again, I haven't really played the other titles to to like really know the story and lore about it. But um, first of all, I just want to say I love his design. His design um, when he's like like big thick boy, like it looks phenomenal. Like it looks really cool. Right. And I and I love how we'll talk we'll touch a little bit about this later. But I love his um just his. The kind of samurai aesthetic look that he's having right now, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I, I think what looks to me the the malice is kind of encapturing him, I guess. And, and correct me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm if I'm out, out, you know being outspoken here. But that malice is is re- released somehow, and now he's awakened. Because um, I'm not sure what that hand is doing. I guess it, it's kind of like preventing him from from awakening right but something happens where either the malice is gone or or, or the malice breaks and then or the hand remove is removed somehow and it kind of allows him to reawaken am, am i kind of off topic there or yeah let's, let's get nick's input here before we talk about um you know why why we think he got removed how much you think this boy freaking bench presses or squats like easy easy 250 like he's gotta oh, he's yeah. gotta have at least three plates on the on the bar man <laughs> yeah three, you know what i'm saying plates. yeah maybe one 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 or two 25s that are on there but um, um yeah i, I want to say that i think you know in the trailer we see when the castle is rising up it's actually gandorf doing a squat and no, going it's not is it? <laughs> i did not catch that holy shit <laughs> that's ridiculous dude oh uh, but yeah gandorf man he's he's awesome Nick, what what are you what are you speculating here? What what's going on with Gandorf? Yeah, really interesting depictions that we've seen of him in the trailer so far, and really, I mean, he's you're witnessing the return of the king um, himself. Gandorf, as we know, is intrinsic. His fate 
of both like the spirit of Ganon and Ganondorf himself is intrinsically linked to the fate of what's going on with Link and Zelda. They're they're basically the Holy Trinity or, you know, Ganondorf is the unholy half of that Holy Trinity right. of the Triforce. Um, but they're all connected. And I think that they're inseparable to a certain degree. So whatever is going on with Link and Zelda this game, it is directly impacting what's going on with Ganondorf. Now, of course, we understand that he was defeated, that Calamity Ganon was defeated at the end of Breath of the Wild. I suspect that something happened with the Triforce at the end of the game and created a situation that is destabilizing everything in Hyrule. We see in the trailer uh, of both, you know, the second and third trailer, Zelda falling, you finally realize what happens after that moment as she's falling as Link is trying to catch her and reach out his hand to grab her that it looks like she dies, but does she? She's falling into darkness, but she's also holding what we see as tears. And, you know, when then we see her later on, she's wearing something different. She has a different haircut and she has the tear around her neck. Um, and so place. I think that's really interesting. I think it's also interesting, like as we're seeing here in the screenshots that we're using, that Ganondorf is being held down by it looks like some type of, um, you know, hand that might have been in, in Hyrule Castle, but this might be some type of Zonai design, some type of uh, technology or weapon. And, and obviously we see Link's arm get consumed. And that's one of the big key art features that we see here is that Link, you know, he he changes his his type of dress that he's wearing. And then his hand is the same as what was holding Ganon down. So I can only imagine that power is shifting and that's what led to Ganondorf's resurgence. And he's be able to, you know, recover the energy that is lost because of Zelda's absence, most likely in Hyrule. And he's able to kind of like take up that energy and return to full power, which is going to be a huge problem for Link in this game. Basically, what that what that power is is a protein, right? That's the it's protein that he gets. So yes. he can get buff again. Okay, okay. Exactly. I'm gonna make these yep. references mm -hmm. throughout the entire video, by the way, <laughs> or throughout this entire podcast of of Ganon being swole. Um yeah. he gets a sam I like that they made him a samurai. I think yeah, that was really cool. such a great design choice, and we've never seen that iteration of Ganon before. Um, so you can just imagine by the end of the game when there's gonna be a duel. There's going to be a duel against Link with the Master Sword and and Ganon with this freaking samurai sword, and it's going to be it the sickest be. thing ever. It's going to be so sick. As a side um, note, I also think it's really cool that Ganondorf is he is of the tribe. Like we understand, he's from the tribe of the Desert People. If I'm not mistaken, he is a Gerudo. Yes. Like his that is his race. And you know, obviously, when we saw like our our last champion in Breath of the Wild, Urbosa, she had very much like a it was like kind of like a, a ancient Chinese style design type of armor. And of course right, she's right. using the big weapon, like with a scythe at the end of it, which is really cool. And so, yeah, I think that it's really consistent the way that they're having the, the actual outfit that he's wearing. And they're also blending like multiple styles now. So yeah, you hit it right on the nose with it being samurai armor, but it's also like you see Link and he's uh, has a reflection of the, of the new, the, of this exact, type of uh garb that ganondorf is wearing right now so that's that's really exciting for me so let's let's touch more about the arm piece here that link gets the has the busted arm in the trailer we see something's happening to link's arm it gets consumed by malice and his when he's trying to save zelda his his arm is basically busted up right do we think that at one point she says gods please help link or something like that do you think the arm that was holding Ganon back in his mummified state got transferred to 
Link's arm as kind of like a makeshift arm. Like, okay, this is the power you're going to get now. I because, think mm-hmm. that's that's the that's the the take that I got from that. I thought whatever arm that was, I, I don't think that's Link at the moment. I just think that for somehow some reason he absorbs that arm and now it is embedded in him and somehow he is using that to kind of like continue his mission and continue his journey right now. So that's that's my take on that. I thought that that's exactly what happened. Okay. So let's talk about the master sword. The blade that is Evil's Bane is literally destroyed in this game. We've never seen the Master Sword been destroyed ever in a Zelda game. It has always been the unbreakable weapon, and we actually see it broken now. Um, do you think when Link was fighting Ganon when his first encounter and he consumed with the Malice that it the Malice went into the Master Sword and broke the Master Sword as well? Did, do, you, do we think the arm thing and the master sword thing happened at the same time? I think so, because I think that if you actually look in the trailer, Link is holding the master sword when the malice consumes his arm. So it gets it like I think it chews through both his arm and half of the master sword. And so all you see is like a hilt and a little bit of the sword itself left over with like, you know, the the remnants, the tinge of the malice um, kind of left there. I think it all kind of happens at once. Um Something about this this arm is connected to the Zonai. We've seen it. It is consistent with all of the Zonai markings on a lot of the architecture. I think it was part of the, you know, the, the ancient Zonai civilization probably could have been involved in what was keeping, you know, Ganondorf at bay for so long or keeping Glam- Calamity Ganon, helping keep Calamity Ganon housed within Hyrule Castle. Um, so I do think that everything is kind of connected there. And Link's experiences on the Sky Island are going to be directly affected by, you know, his arm and the powers as well. I think there are all of the new powers that we've seen displayed so far are going to be directly connected to like the Zonai energy that Link is absorbing through his arm. So, yeah, it's it's going to be really, really interesting to see how the lore there plays out with what's going on with him. So the Zonai, let's talk about them. They seem to be a huge integral part of this game they seem to be the tribe right as far as how we saw in the last game the Sheikan tribe was, was like the big tribe the zonai seem to be the ones actually keeping ganon at bay and we see a character and a character we've never seen before she looks like almost like a dark elf right mm-hmm. do we think that person is of the zonai race I'm going to go out on a limb and say yes. I I think this is the first, you know, the first visualization of what we've seen. Um, And this is also a reason why I think that the Zonai aren't there and we, we only see remnants of them in the civilization is because they either went to go hide in a different timeline away from Ganon or they went to go hide in another universe. And I think that's why we only get dripped you know bits and pieces of the lore and of of what we've seen you know in breath of the wild so far and in in that iteration of hyrule um so yeah i do think that this is going to be like the first confirmation of of them and seeing that race if link is going to go in between time okay um kelv i'm gonna ask i'm gonna defer this question to you yeah the master sword in breath of the wild you could get it but it had durability Right. You couldn't use it. it. It would break. It would break. You literally, it would have to recharge after five minutes. Do you think 
that was a precursor to it actually being broken in, in Tears sequel. of the Kingdom. That's a great question. I, it it could have very well been a precursor, mainly because during the production during the the production of Breath of the Wild, they they've they've told us flat out this game was too big for us to really make into one game. So we had to essentially just make it part two, right? We had to make Tears of the Kingdom at some point, and so that could have very well been the vision for this, right? Um, having that be again the, the, a lot of w whether you like it or not right this is something that happens throughout any of the weapons that you have in um breath of the wild right like there is a, a mechanic there that it essentially breaks your your um your your weapons and you know some people like it some people don't but it's a great iteration in my opinion because it keeps you from using the same weapon over and over um as far as the master swords though i think it it's kind of like a a um it makes sense. I think it makes sense. And I think for, for them to actually have that into the sequel of Tears of the Kingdom, it really makes you feel like, oh man, like this destructible weapon, this this like, you know, all be all weapon, like it, it something happened and, and you, you kinda wanna know why. You wanna know what's going on and what happened to that to that um to the Master Sword, right? Yeah, Nick, I'll, I'll, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, we're gonna have to cut that out. But yeah, no, not to mention the fact that Zelda is holding the Master Sword, like the Master Sword. Yeah. And we don't know if yeah. that's the same one that Link has or the fact that wherever she is, whatever, you know, place that she's currently residing, that she's waiting for Link to come find her and, and help her or slash save her, bring her back to the time that she belongs in. Um, I think that we're going to see some type of of melding there. And you even see a little bit of a, you know, in the logo itself, you see the Master Sword and, you know, it's got its hilt and you see the little tinge of the Calamity and then you see it actually completed with those Zonai markings. So there's, you know, who's to say what that's going to turn into here at the end? I also think that the Fuse ability that Link has, I think, I can't remember if that's the correct word for it but i think that that that's what they're calling it the fusibility yeah, the fusibility if yep. he fuses the sword that zelda's oh. holding as well as the broken sword together oh. and creates an entirely new weapon to fight ganondorf with i mean we're, I mean, we're a, off to the races here that is a really that that would be really cool dude that would yeah. be really cool i didn't even think of the fusibility with the master sword that yeah. we're going to have a completely different master sword that we're, we're not used to because we've seen the master sword in so many iterations so though. many iterations yeah. right yeah yeah maybe it's time to retire the master sword and actually have a better master sword you see you see using yeah, the fusibility pushing that would it forward be really awesome yeah that's yeah. really good um one thing i want to touch on is we see zelda we see link and in the first trailer they are wearing their normal garb that they're we're familiar with from Breath of the Wild. They're going down the cavern. and But as we go through the trailers, we see that they start wearing more of a prehistoric slash like tribal garb. What do you think is happening here as far as like timelines going? Like does Link just like, like are we going back in time at all with this? Is, is that what it seems like? Are we getting a little bit of Ocarina Time vibes here? What's going on with the, with the garb? Yeah, I think it's a it's a little confusing. It could be like two things. It could just be that this is the new outfit that they're kind of giving us and Link is recovering it from an area that was previously inaccessible and much older 
than the current environment of Hyrule where he's wearing like, you know, obviously like the military armor of like, you know, as as a Hyrule soldier or the different, you know, barbarian armor that you'll find in Breath of the Wild. This might be like this is the outfit that he was able to recover when he, you know, first encountered the the floating islands. And so I think that that is really significant, um, you know, on a lot of fronts. But they're all it's like almost the entire cast is wearing this entirely, you know, different type Bible of, looking. you know, cosmetics. Oh, maybe, yeah. maybe, so, maybe it's Zonai. Maybe it's a Zonai type of garb, right? Maybe that's just what, what they wore. Because again, even so, she's her hair is cut. She's like, still looks completely different. Um, right. So yeah. some stuff has happened. Like... Um, between them that so are we going back when Zelda is falling in trailer one and Link is trying to grab her his Link his arms busted up do they go back in time somewhere or are we playing directly after that I think happens. she goes back in time okay think? I think she either goes back in time or she gets pulled into a different universe and, and you know that kind of gets a little bit you know gray in terms of you know how do you define you know, an alternate timeline versus a different universe you're getting into the weeds with that type of conversation especially considering that zelda has multiple timelines throughout the different games so i think like the the easiest way to explain it is that she probably gets pulled to a different time it is significant though that she is she I, when you see her falling you'll actually see that she has one hand clenched and the other hand is reaching out to link and right mm-hmm. before it fades to black her hand lights up so the tears i think are somehow involved with some type of temporal anomaly and they're directly involved with like the destabilization of hyrule's environment for sure and it's not only zelda that you see holding it all of the figures of power um all of the new champions that we're going to be seeing you know that have we have seen in this trailer that we're going to be fighting alongside each of them have their own tears and then if you look really closely in some of the images that nintendo released Ganondorf actually has a tear that's embedded in his crown. So I think it's going to be a process of recovering these throughout the game. And I mean, you're looking at at least seven or eight tiers, depending um, on, you know, what's what they're asking of Link in this game and, and how he's going to tra- traverse Hyrule this time that you're going to try and recover, I think. Um, going back to the timeline swap, do you think like w- what? timeline is this ganondorf from do you think like is he a present ganondorf is this some because again like we were talking about the um the the their you know the way they're dressed ganondorf doesn't look anything like anybody else here he kind of has like that samurai feel so is that kind of hinting at a different timeline or is this just us overthinking it the zelda timelines are really weird right in a sense that you can't sometimes they link up see what i did there oh. um so, and sometimes <laughs> and sometimes they just don't they just don't um mm-hmm. for the most part ganondorf's design has been kept pretty similar throughout the series um he's always wearing like big cape and he's always a bigger guy i would say this is probably the most different we've seen ganondorf in a sense that they completely kind of changed in the sense of like he has he has like more of a that samurai look a lot of people are speculating that this is after the results of Twilight Princess. There are a lot of speculations of it just because the Zonai are very similar to um, like their, their uh, hieroglyphs or whatever they use their language. It, it looks like Twilight. Is it Twilight? Twilight? Is that, is that the, the, the people's name? I, th- I think that's right. Yeah. So um, people are, 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 I think, speculating that this is after twilight princess or linked because 
Gandalf literally gets banished again um, into the realm. So it could be Wind Waker. It could be mm-hmm. Twilight Princess. We don't we don't know which Gandorf this is. Nick, how would how would you connect it? To, I'm sorry. How would you connect it to Wind Waker, though, Rob? Just out of curiosity. It's a blind spot for me. So at the end, spoilers, if you guys haven't played Wind Waker, which I think if you're watching this video or listening to this podcast, you guys know that uh, what happens. But at the end of Wind Waker, Link literally stabs Gandorf in the head. And nice. he turns to stone, um, I believe. Okay. And he's done. So that's why I think, I mean, he's not, he's not banished forever. And the thing about Gandorf is I, it's not necessarily Gandorf that gets reincarnated every single time. It's demise, which is the main bad guy from skyward sword. Right. He's actually the reason why Gandorf gets reincarnated every single time is he's able to, he's like Nick said, Gandorf, Zelda and link are always tied to each other. If there is a Zelda, if there is a Link, there's always going to be a Gandorf, no matter what. It might not be the same Gandorf because same iteration. Exactly. In every game you play of Legend of Zelda, you're not playing the same Link. You're never playing the same Hero of Time or Hero whatever. So this could very well be a completely different iteration of Gandorf. Well, you mentioned that in Wind Waker, Link stabs him in the head right yes and in these images that we have here or even in the video you can see that he has something in like in the forehead right yeah, right he's on the forehead. Co- covering his forehead yeah covering yeah. something something is being covered is that some is that giving us a hint that maybe this is the same one from wind waker is this the same ganondorf from wind waker or it, it could just be again another asset like yeah it might Again, be stretch. It might just be an art it, right? direction decision mm-hmm. for sure to be consistent, yeah. uh, because he is definitely a lot of his like his dress and his style. It is you know very Gerudo Desert, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I see exactly what you're saying, Kelvin, and the fact that we do know that a tear is embedded in there. It could be yes. that he's using the tear, and that's how he got juiced up. Um, he's using the tear to you know help him you know be reincarnated in the time that you know Tears of the Kingdom is taking place. So. Gotcha. Yeah, I think that that's a that's a possibility for sure. Maybe a little bit of a stretch, though. We'll Maybe, see. Yeah. Um, la- one last thing I kind of want to touch on is well, if we look at the timeline, we have the Ocarina of Time. That's mm-hmm. kind of what started the craziness of the timelines. Yep. Right. When you have Ocarina of Time, you have three different timelines that spawn from that. But if you look at the uh official like historia for 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 zelda like i think it's official nintendo product they highlight that breath of the wild is the end point and it connects all of these three points so do we think that breath of the wild slash tears of kingdom is kind of a culmination of all of these different timelines merging together and that is where we're at we're we're actually this is the final timeline I think that makes sense, Rob. I, I really, you know, I don't think they're ever going to, they're always going to be new stuff that they're going to try and throw at us when it comes to Zelda because they can't give up yeah. their star franchise for sure. Right. But I think that it, it would be interesting. And I have heard exactly what you're saying where different analysts have tied or have, you know, uh, you know, opined that Breath of the Wild is, you know, all of the characters taking place there are just descendants 
of the same characters or just reincarnations of those same characters that we experienced and we played as in Ocarina of Time. It does make sense. Everything is kind of laid out the same when you think about, you know, where you're able to go and how, you know, the different areas you're able to explore in Ocarina of Time and how that was transposed into Breath of the Wild. Um, I think that would be really cool if it's like wrapping up a lot. I think something that I did a little bit of research on today as well, which is worth taking into consideration is the fact that we're seeing multiple tiers here. We're seeing Link, obviously he's going through Hyrule and Tears of the Kingdom and he's running around and he's doing, you know, building his, you know, super megazords and going to fight the goblins, <laughs> you know, everywhere with his, you know, brand new abilities. But we're seeing three different tiers to the environment that we're going to be playing in. One is going to be subterranean. We're going to be exploring caverns, kind of like, you know, similar to what we've experienced in Elden Ring. And then of course, we're going to be going up into the Sky Islands and there's going to be an extensive amount of stuff that's in the Sky Islands, but if you think about what happened in Link to the Past, in the timeline there, the issue that you faced in Link to the Past is that they created a light world and a dark world. Right. Now, something that I have kind of been thinking about, or an idea that I'm tossing around in my head, is that what if the Hyrule that we've been playing in all along with Breath of the Wild is just the dark world? And then when Zelda dies or, or, you know, something happens to her as she's falling in that one scene that we've seen in the, in the video, did she get transported to the light world? And that's what they're just bringing those ideas back here um, and, you know, doing their own spin, their own take on it within, within that Breath of the Wild universe. I don't, I don't know. But I think that is worth taking into account is that there is going to be lots of extremes and a lot of like the, those light and darkness themes are going to be revisited here for sure. Yeah, I mean, this game has a lot going on right now, and, and that's that's the main thing. And it has a lot riding on its shoulders. There, It is literally the sequel to pop, quite possibly one of the greatest, the greatest games of all time, right? How do you follow that up, and how do you do it in a way where everyone's happy with it, right? So I, I think this game can 100% follow up to breath of the wild i think it can i don't want to say beat it because it's like the game's amazing but it, it's gonna fill like what you were missing from breath of the wild i think this is going to kind of fill those gaps especially especially story just from the trailers we are like oozing at the mouth and we're speculating right now during this, this, this discussion about like what's happening we want to know yeah. what's happening and they've shown us so much if you think about it in the trailer and we still know what the hell's going on we have no idea yeah yeah, as someone who, again, hasn't really dabbled too much into the lore of uh, Zelda, man, I'm excited. And again, taking it from someone that doesn't play all the games and haven't, haven't played all the games, I, the, this last uh, trailer, this, uh, trailer three, really got me hooked. I'm like, I, I want to know what's going on. And, I, and it kind of makes me feel like I wish I, 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 I knew more about uh, Zelda and, and I played all the Zelda games to kind of really understand the lore. It makes me want to go onto YouTube and just like search up like what this whole story is about because a lot of the things that you guys are talking about, I don't really know, you know? And it's fascinating to hear the intricate little things that they talk, that you guys are talking about and, and how deep the lore is as far as, you know, the, the time capsules and, and just like the whole time um, 
thing that they're just yeah, kind of going bending into. that they're playing the time with, bending yeah. and Reincarn- stuff reincarnation here reincarnation. Is, reincarnation. Uh, so it's 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 almost top tier like metal gear solid stuff right now is, 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 oh, is yeah. how it sounds like so um i'm fascinated i'm fascinated by what they're doing right now i love breath of the wild um just like a surface level gamer for 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 zelda and, and i'm really looking forward to playing this one for sure do we think yeah. here's the kingdom will t- top breath of the wild nick I think that it has the potential to. Um, I have different opinions about Breath of the Wild. I did put a lot of time into that game. Um, I just I I have done almost everything that I possibly could besides beat Calamity Ganon in uh, Breath of the Wild. And so that's something that I'm gonna try and make a goal of mine before you know May 12th, the release date mm-hmm. of Tears of the Kingdom, and try to just jump in there, you know, fight a couple Lynels, and then you know go to go to Ganon and see what I can do, and just you know, okay, get reacquainted with those systems. Uh, but I I genuinely believe that Tears of the Kingdom has the potential to be a 300 hour game easily. When you think about the sandbox, when you think about this, you know, world, which is essentially times two, if not 2.5, the amount of areas that you can visit or explore from Breath of the Wild um, and the open sandbox, sandbox nature of the fact that they're kind of, you know, cracking the lid open on what Link can do. He can, you know, kill monsters, he can kill enemies and take parts and then fuse parts onto weapons to create entirely new diverse battle systems to encounter you know every situation that you could possibly remember so they're gonna they're gonna kind of hit a lot of the marks with both the casual you know zelda fans the casual gaming audience who just kind of wants to run through it see what happens go solve the main puzzles and get to the end boss and just take it from there as well as the you know hyper you know zelda fans that are out there they're gonna get you know 100 percent everything they possibly can in the game every collectible they're gonna get it so they're they're gonna kind of meet both ends of that spectrum here and like you were saying rob the fact that they're going so hard with the story as we can adjust the trailers, um, it has the potential to really pop off this year. I, I already think, I mean, I was thinking in my mind and I didn't come out and say it, but this is clearly going to be in most people's top three for contention of game of the year, 2023. I agree. I agree 100%. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us in our discussion about the latest Legend of Zelda trailer. It is coming out May 12th and we cannot be more excited about it. I actually have the limited edition Zelda Switch coming uh i think april 28th so i'm like all getting myself already to that but um nick thank you so much for joining us it is always a pleasure to have you always, on this podcast always. always and thank you guys for having me i really appreciate being on here today and being able to rant and vent about uh my zelda thoughts and theories and nick for everyone who's listening where can they find you and where can they listen to your amazing soothing voice Thank you. Um, if you want to reach out to me, you can find me uh, on all podcasting platforms. We are the Friday Night Gamecast. Um, those are all three separate words. If you want to reach out and interact with either myself or Will, the best place to get in contact with us is Twitter. Um, and we are on Twitter at Friday Night Gamers, and that's N I T E G A M R Z. Right. And really, I want you guys to. Go on there and give them a five-star review on your favorite streaming platform because they are just that great, and it's always good conversations. The latest uh, Fireside Talks is about Xenoblade, uh, Xenoblade, Xeno Saga, not Xenoblade, um, and go ahead and listen to that. Um, Kelv, anything else before we head out for the day? 
Um, no, man, I think this was a fantastic episode. Again, you guys killed it with all the knowledge that you guys have from for, for Zelda. So kudos to you guys for, for doing it. And, I'm, and again, I, and I said this before, but I'm really excited for, for everyone that's a Zelda fan right now. Like a, a true, oh, yeah. like really like day one Zelda fan. Like you guys are going to be in for a treat and I'm excited to see everyone's impressions about this. Like I'm going to get a day one, but I'm obviously again going into it on a surface level. But you guys are true fans and I'm like really excited for you to try it out. Yeah, I'm hyped right. for it, Rob. Did you get the collector's edition before we close out? I gotta know. I can't get it. I oh, it's it's pre, it's sold out everywhere. You can't like if you didn't get it when like it dropped, you couldn't get it. I got the the console, which is which is fair enough. Okay, so you got you got another OLED. Got it. Yeah, yeah I, I got that. But I, I want to I want the special edition. I'm like holding a little hope that it'll still because the game's like seventy bucks yep. already, right? And I'm like, if I spend <laughs> yeah. a little more money, I'll get. A little that's, extra stuff. That's always my mentality, man. That's and, always my mentality. Yeah, that's a, yeah, Just a so. little more. It's not that it's a little bad. More. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not bad. It's only the freaking Final Fantasy 16, $400, and then plus shipping. <laughs> Screw that thing. Anyways, <laughs> that's a different story for another day. Yep. Thank you guys so much for joining in, and have a good day, night, evening, wherever you are. Goodbye. See ya. See ya.